They were high school sweethearts that got married and had two kids. It's the Brunigs. From a new location, they tweet all day, but that's okay. They're the Brunigs. She is a journalist. He is a wonk. Wonk, wonk, wonk. They talk about the news or whatever they want. In the fight for justice, they're on your side. You can't deny it's the Brunigs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our Low Effort, Low Quality podcast. This is Liz Brunig. This is my husband, Matt. Hello, everyone. Hope you're enjoying the new sound quality. We only think of you, the listeners. Uh, and that's why we're coming to you on New Year's Eve. That's right. With a uh, an episode that we, we consider pretty special. It's been on our minds for a while. Uh, we've been trying to record it, but the kids uh, keep screwing around with us. Right. And they can kick in the new year listening to the Brunigs since... So many New Year's celebrations have been canceled. That's right. I remember back in our old days. Oh, my God. We would go to Big D NYE. Yeah, we never went, actually, to that. Mm-hmm. In Dallas, uh, there was a celebration. Stupid, um, kind of weird. American Airlines Center, I want to say. Cowboy-themed. And that's what we were just ring in the New Year's at Big D NYE. You know, every year, Matt would say, when are we going to Big D NYE? You get your tickets to Big D NYE. We never went to Big D NYE. I don't even. I've never even vulgar known. name. Vulgar well, name. Well, no, I've no, no. I don't. It's the big D is Dallas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but mm-hmm. although I've not heard anyone in Dallas refer to the city as the big D. But haven't you ever heard? I'm going to the big D, and I don't mean Dallas. No, I've heard it's so cold in the D, but that's about Detroit. It's so cold in the D. It's very catchy. Here it is. Oh my God. Going to the big, this is actually the name of the song, Going Through the Big D. I didn't doubt it. It was over long gone before I knew I was headed to, I'm going through the big D and I don't mean Dallas. I can't believe what the judge had to tell us. I think maybe the big D for him means depression. Or does it mean divorce? (laughs) Yeah, I would say divorce. You know, it could be either one. I'm going through depression. (laughs) (laughs) Mark Chestnut, you know, he's he's in his uh, album Outlaw, which is like, man, I'm real depressed. He was just doing that that emo kind of shit in 1994. (laughs) He was really ahead of his time. Mm Mm-hmm. God, you're you're demented. Living with you is unraveling I've my sanity. I've got little things popping around in my head. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> Just total madness. Hmm. Well, but today we're going to uh, talk to you about a couple of a uh, couple funny points that we've seen in the news lately. We want you to be apprised of the news, uh, and then we're going to move on to uh, a figure in the Brunig household canon that we think about a lot. Uh, Doctor Phil. Mm-hmm. I we watched a lot of Doctor Phil when Matt was unemployed. Uh, and Jane was a, a newborn. We did, yes. We did. We watched uh, it well, like every day. On the o- OWN network, the Oprah yeah. Winfrey network, it <laughs> yeah. plays all day. Like you, yeah. can, you could watch eight hours of Dr. Phil and they're one hour shows, so you could watch yeah. eight of them. Now I'll say prior to that point, my real experience with Dr. Phil was when I was a child. Yeah, Dr. Phil played on regular TV. It still does, I think. Um, and my mom watched it every single day. Every single day. Hmm. 
every mm. day. I would sit and I'd watch Dr. Phil with her. And, you know, it was it was mesmerizing. Um, so, I mean, mm. when I'm telling you I have watched Dr. Phil, like, oh, people know him. He's kind of a cultural figure. Thousands of hours, probably. <laughs> Thousand, literally, probably thousands of hours that I've spent watching Dr. Phil in my life. Mm. Well, I think that maybe explains some things. Uh, but we'll get there. First, uh, I want to introduce you all to the ballad of Ilaria Baldwin, mm-hmm. Alec Baldwin's wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're actually joining us on the show today. Uh, Alec, you can take it away. All right. Liz has loaded up this clip. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so this is very smooth. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Here we go. I'm reading what those things are is mm-hmm. false. Mm-hmm. And some of it's so guy's such an asshole. False. Mm-hmm. Left a voicemail for his 11-year-old calling her a pig. Mm-hmm. False things. Rude little pig. A rude, thoughtless little pig. You gotta consider the source. Yeah. You, gotta, you have to consider the source. I won't. Consider the source. Nope. Consider the source. I won't. Consider the source. I absolutely won't. Consider the source. No. Really? Okay, I can't wait to see you. That's going to be great. Fantastic. What time? 12 o'clock? My wife is from Spain. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she's uh, uh, she's not. She's and actually from Boston, it turns out. Ilaria, very nice to Now, how do you say you say Ilaria? Ilaria. Mm. Do people call you Hillary? Sometimes, and you know, it's the same name, right. so it's it's fine. It means happy. Family lives in Spain. Okay. And yeah. I have true, moved though. to New York mm-hmm. when I was 19 years See, old. No, wow. no, that's I'm not true. She was born in Boston. Well, I grew up speaking both English and Spanish. Okay. So, um, so yes. And but my both, children. Both parents are Spanish. My um, my family is mixed of a okay. bunch of different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you do? You do the flamenco. You are very espanol. Oh God! So my wife will be in the house. Very Espanol. Every five minutes, I can't believe it. That was as close as he could get to Spain to my family. Thirty-five or forty of my family members come from Spain. Thirty-five or forty. Going to go to España to see my family. Oh, you're gonna bring him to Spain. He's never. Well, we brought Spain to him for the wedding, but now he's got to go to Spain. Look at my skin color. Mm. Look at your skin color. Oh no. Yeah. We have tomatoes. We have um, how do you say it? Cucumber. Cucumbers. I would like to know how important <laughs> it is for you that your kids speak Spanish and how is your Spanish coming along? Muy bien. <laughs> but I have to say to you, it's one of the things that makes our relationship work because he can be being him and I'm like really angry with him and then I can say something and he's like, what did you say? And I'm like, I said I love you. It happened and he says thing. again and he they says something again and as again, say something and I'm like, I said you're right all the time. <laughs> so it's like I really get to like just like let the steam off so I'm not like holding on to tension. Sure, her friends who speak Spanish, they're all making fun of me. And I go, what did you say? She's like, I said that you're the sexiest man I've ever met. <laughs> This is not my first night out. I got my butt out of bed. Oh, no. Doesn't matter when they put that baby on you. Consider the source. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Mm. All right. I think that's enough of that. But, uh, you know, she's Alec Baldwin's wife. He sucks. Uh, she and, was lighting up the internet this uh, week. Yeah, she got caught because she's an Instagram thinfluencer and also momfluencer. Mm-hmm. Uh, who she's just running that Jessica Alba, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow Very, game. very great value Kirkland brand Jessica Alba. She is not uh, a hot on-brand figure. She's like 
you know, she's doing that spawn con thing with diapers and yeah. whatever. And well, De- Jessica went the. She's got her own company. Yeah, she she's was a like, businesswoman. shit, I'm going to start my own yeah, company. Leave, leave her out of this. I'm not going to pay you to advertise me. She's, she's got like hundreds of millions of dollars now. From yeah, her no, leave her out of this. She's, I, I like her. I'm in love with her. Um, so you leave her out of this. Uh, her and Ava Grain, you, you can't talk Never shit about her. them in my Never presence. Heard of her. Uh, and Elizabeth Debicki also can't talk a shit about her in my presence. Um, and Rachel Weiss. Okay. Well, uh, at any rate, at any rate, uh, at any rate, uh, so she just got caught being someone who was actually born and raised in Boston, vacationed in Mallorca with her family, who have since, like, I think, moved to their home in Mallorca, uh, pretending to be like, uh, you know sort of cartoonishly uh, uh, Spanish, uh, which sparked a funny round of discourse on the internet as to whether she was pretending to be a woman of color, uh, mm-hmm. which you know boils down into a debate over whether Spaniards are white. Are Spaniards white? Uh, and you got this really funny situation where Spaniards on Twitter, people from Spain, are encountering woke left people from the United States saying, you're a person of color, and therefore, she's bad for imitating a person of color when she's white. And then you have Spaniards being like, whoa, 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 whoa. We are white. What are you saying about us? And so is this a real train wreck culture clash nightmare? Uh, another. Yeah, you, well, you run into this yeah. a lot with Latin America. Because, uh, yes. You know, it was colonized by white people. That's why they speak Spanish. Yeah. But over time, they seem to sort of like remember that, but also kind of vaguely not remember that. <laughs> and so... Spanish then becomes like an indigenous language right, in some right. people's minds. And so if you're speaking it, there's it's an indicator of indigeneity, which is an indicator of POC-ness. Well, I, I've tried to have this conversation uh, with, with uh, colleagues of mine who are interested in uh, race and ethnicity. And uh, I, I have tried to, uh, you know, point out, well, these categories are very constructed you know so hispanic is uh, an ethnic category in the united states but it's it's linguistic in in nature and uh it's different in that respect uh than well it's black it, it is formally linguistic right but then it kind of just more becomes like a spanish-speaking country like yeah it's, like i don't think people say where, where do they speak Portuguese in uh, South America? Portugal, Brazil. Brazil. Brazil yeah. is a Portuguese. Is that a mainly Portuguese? Yeah. Anyways, I don't think people say, oh, that guy is Brazilian. He's not Hispanic. Yeah, yeah. So it's... it, like, well, it's it technically is. It, there's a great um, deal of, of fluidity and porousness in all of these uh, categories, which I think people who write about them very, very definitively as though they exist essentially in nature should probably reconsider. Uh, but another really weird news. Uh, do you guys remember Martin Shkreli? You remember him, Matt. You remember? Uh, I know who he is. Yes. Yeah, Martin Shkreli. He was some little goblin who uh, like showed up on the internet a while back because he raised the price of a of a drug, um, you know, to astronomical heights, and it was like a life saving uh, drug for folks with HIV. Everybody hated him. Eventually, he went to jail for, I believe, unrelated charges of fraud. Uh, and he is just like the most um, golem looking little creature that I've ever seen. Uh, like kind of hunched, bony, pallid, uh, with like kind of little fang-like teeth and little chupacabra beady eyes. Uh, he got obsessed with Lauren Duca. That was a subplot in like 2014 or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and he was banned from Twitter eventually. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it turns out that uh, a writer for Bloomberg, uh, who was covering his trial, uh, fell in love with him and mm. uh, divorced her husband, mm-hmm. quit her job, and uh, pursued him in prison, even. Uh, writing letters. Uh, He's a know. charismatic guy. Uh, no, 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 okay. no. He's like a little freak. He's like, uh, uh, you know, the smooth talking. No, no, oh, oh. no. I mean, if you, you watch it, he's been interviewed. He's like, um, he's like a, a school shooter who just didn't quite make it. Uh, he's, 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 a he gives me the, the creeps. Like when you're around a, like a sick animal or something, you're like, ah, I kind of feel bad for you, but I also don't want to touch you at all. Um, scary uh, but not like not like putting me in fear of my life just like in fear of getting into a weird situation uh that kind of guy but anyway this woman christy smythe uh according to a piece that was published i believe in l um fell in love like head over heels in love with him and it sounds like he was using basically like the game tactics being like uh i'll okay i'll give you an exclusive interview and dangling that and then cutting her off abruptly and giving it to someone else, etc. Instead of, uh, you know, cutting her losses and not giving a shit, which would be my instinct as a reporter, uh, she would like kind of slavishly try to convince him to work with her. And then I guess started feeling bad for him. They started exchanging notes from jail. And um, now she's like on his visitors list at jail and he had called her, I believe, a fiance in some sort of limited release uh, through his lawyers. But then when he got word that she was working on this story uh, with a former New York Times reporter, uh, he, he would only comment that he wished Ms. Smythe the best of luck in her future endeavors. So it seems like she got dumped by press release at the conclusion of this news story. And all of that would have been weird enough, but she's on Twitter and posted through the release of this story. So when the L story went up and everybody was like, what the hell? This person threw her life away to be with Martin Shkreli? Uh, She's on Twitter and she's like, hell yeah, I did. I did and I liked it. I like it. It's sort of like a customer service type. (laughs) That's what it feels like, like a a chat bot that you get on uh, a website where you need help with something. (laughs) She's just like... No, actually this. Yeah. No, actually that. No, she was totally calm about it. She didn't freak out and accuse people of mobbing her. She was like, yeah, I knew what the response would be. Uh, and her her uh, remark was, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people want to throw their perfect little life away to be true to themselves and find freedom. And I actually did it. And I'm glad I did it. I live in a little basement at this point. Uh, this is a eat, pray, loveism, isn't it? Yeah, this is an eat, pray, loveism. Uh, you know, th- throw everything away and find out who you really are by taking a bold chance. Another thing that should be said about the article was they shot her as though uh, they were doing a fashion shoot. They like dressed her up in designer clothes that aren't hers and like big loud jewelry. And I assume they strange. do that for every story, but I'm not sure. That, that was the only thing that made sense to me, you know, because yeah. they, got, they got to tie it back. You know, I was like, we got to tie it back to our high fashion uh, yeah. shtick. Here, so. here would be my advice. Uh, if you're uh, doing a story and you're, oh, well, our publication generally... Uh, does you know particular kinds of uh, fashion type shoots? 
Uh, you can make an exception. You can always make an exception. Uh, well, you know, but mm-hmm. some readers, they don't like to read. They just like the pictures. Well, so I guess. So they got to make those yeah, pictures uh, as fashionable as possible. Strange, strange, strange stuff. But uh, you got to give both of these people props for posting through it. Uh, this is some world championship posting through it. Yeah, Hilaria did not. She uh, hasn't retreated. No, she gave an interview to the New York Times. Mm-hmm. And the Times article was somewhat sympathetic. Like, it was actually a decent uh, win, I guess, for her. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Baldwin's out there, so. And and know. Christy Smythe. So, you know, folks, if anything, this proves what, uh, what we have always said on the Brunigs about internet mobs. Uh, never apologize, never back down, never admit fault, uh, and post through it. Yeah, I mean, I, I for a long time kind of thought, oh, you should just kind of retreat and let it go. And I think that works. And it depends on the circumstance, but there is definitely like something really big time. It's probably good to just just keep, you know, just get out there and get your shit out there, like like as as good as you can. Um, yeah, that that is a you know a view that I now have for yeah. certain things. It's all you can do, uh, and you know, it's fun and interesting for the audience. So yeah, it's all there to entertain us. Yeah, her life, uh, her family. I mean, right, it's, right. It's to entertain yeah. us. Dance, you know. monkey, dance. <laughs> uh, at any rate, uh, let's move on to the king of other people exist only to entertain, mm-hmm. uh, Doctor Philip. So Doctor Phil, aka uh, Phil McGraw, is uh, oh wow, what can you really say about Doctor Philip? He is a TV personality. Uh, I believe he considers himself something like a life coach. Is that right? Life strategy relationship expert? Well, um, he has a PhD in psychology. So he is a psychologist. Right? I don't know that that's right, actually. Uh, well, well yeah, yeah. Be, he, he, I don't know if he's currently licensed as a psychologist, yeah. but, uh, you know, the life coaching is uh, sort of like a way to do psychology that gets around licensing rules. Yeah. I don't know if people realize this. Um, I'm an expert on such things. Um, but yeah, well. You mm. can basically just do therapy and call yourself a life coach and now you don't have to like go through the fucking rules and shit. Yeah. So. So, so Phil McGraw was born in Oklahoma where Matt has spent some time. Uh, he was raised in the worst uh, place on earth, North Texas. Uh, the oil fields of North Texas, one article said, and I was not super familiar with the oil fields. They of have North. all that fracking now, yeah, but that wouldn't have been back fields. then. Uh, <laughs> uh, his dad was involved in the oil business somehow, but like not in a super lucrative way as far as I understood. But, uh, but Daddy McGraw eventually got into the psychology racket himself. Uh, and uh, then so did Phil. So he got a PhD in psychology, becoming a Dr. Phil. And, you know, in the same way that it's Dr. Jill Biden, they're just two people with PhDs. Yeah, for sure. So Dr. Phil, Dr. Jill, you can't just call Dr. him Phil McGraw. Dr. Sebastian Gorka. There you go. You yeah, know, they're all, they're all members of the, the esteemed professions. Yeah, look, you're all doctors in my book, folks. Um, so anyway, he joined his dad uh, in the family business, and uh, what they did was they formed this thing called Courtroom Sciences, Inc., <laughs> uh, which is a psychology-based trial consulting firm. That's great. That is really good, yeah. man. There's science. This is science. We're man. doing science. Yeah, trials are... <laughs> 
Trial science is so, so fake. And it's side, like, <laughs> side note, let me tell you about the adversarial justice system in the United States. A hundred percent of shit in it is fake. It is all fake. <laughs> well, I like this idea that you set up a firm and then that makes you a sort of like expert figure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There was one of those episodes I watched of where they were kind of like showing bad forensics and one of them was they were breaking down a video, mm-hmm. you know, like a video from a 7-Eleven from like the surveillance video. And mm-hmm. they wanted to figure out how tall this guy was. Mm-hmm. And you'd say, okay, well, that's, I don't know, like there's got to be some kind of quasi science to that, right? Like yeah. you can take a video and you can do some math or do some analytics and figure out like roughly how tall the guy is, right? And that is true, apparently. You can do that, but you can also just set up a company in which you claim to be able to do that <laughs> without anyone being like, can you really do that? How do you? How do I know that you know how to do that? Right. And this guy like <laughs> in Florida, like all scams, um, like set up this company to do this and like he was the one that got this guy convicted. Um, and he, you know, the long story short was he was like, uh, this guy, um, yeah, it looks like on the video, maybe he's only like five foot five, but really he's like six and a half feet tall. <laughs> okay. And then at the end yeah. of this episode, they brought in a guy who really knows how to do it. Mm-hmm. And he was like, well, what you want to do <laughs> first and foremost is insofar as this Seven Eleven still exists, <laughs> And still has a surveillance camera in the same place. Why not just stand someone where he was in the same location <laughs> whose height you know? <laughs> then you could compare the two. Uh, no, I, I used some shadows and found the hypotenuse. I created a 3D model of this man's body from the surveillance picture. And he clearly shows he's only five and a half feet. Like he uses modeling clay based on the surveillance video. And it's like weirdly foreshortened and kind of a flat frog person. He had... Uh, technical capacities to make like 3d but he did not know really what the <laughs> what fuck the he was doing he was doing yeah i mean so it turns out blood spatter also fake uh there's been uh, reviews of fingerprinting bite marks definitely fake anyways um, dr phil was in on this game so anyway uh he so he he wasn't like on the forensic side what he was doing was in some sense even more bullshit uh, in that he would uh, try to like train trial counsel on how to trick the jury. Basically, he'd be oh, like, "Oh, he was a consultant to attorneys." Yeah, he'd That's, be like, I, yeah, yeah. "Now, now, juries don't respond to this." He's a jury psychologist. Yeah, it's so, like some some trial lawyers take acting classes. Did you know that? That's kind of dark, but they, yeah, no, they do. They take acting classes. Dark, yeah. It's a very common thing because what are you doing? You're performing for a jury and knowing how to connect to an audience in a theatrical way is an important, like will help you win cases. Oh Lord. Well, he was involved in that racket and he, he would help them with like jury selection, like based on a psychological profile, mm-hmm. here's who you need to pick if you want a conviction. Um, so what do they call that? There's a French term for jury selection, right? Mm, I don't know, uh, but okay. I know there that that definitely exists. Uh, at any rate, uh, this is this is a little selection I'm going to read from the Internet's own library at Alexandria, Rotten.com, which had a, a good profile on Dr. Phil. CSI prepared mock trials, trained witnesses, and conducted community attitude surveys. 
Behavioral scientists and multidisciplinary experts studied thousands of cases in an attempt to understand what jurors responded to, how they retain information, and why they reach a verdict. So this was Dr. Phil's racket. Uh, And then in 1995, everything changed for him. Oprah, at the time, uh, was doing a special on mad cow disease, which yeah. I guess was happening, I remember think, in that. the UK. I do remember that. Used yeah. To, yeah, there yeah. used to be this big disease with Sometimes the you could get pre-unfolding diseases from, from eating meat. Um, I guess they, they cleared that up. Oh, no, I, I have it. Um, at any rate, uh, she got sued by the Texas cattle industry for defamation, uh, and uh, I guess they were thinking $12 million in damages, which in 1995, you know, in our money today is $3 trillion. Um, and so Oprah solicited the good doctor's services as a courtroom scientist. Uh, and she credited Dr. Phil with winning the defamation trial, though it's virtually impossible uh, to actually like successfully sue for defamation in the United States because of the First Amendment. Um, and from then on, they were like thick as thieves. He started going on the Oprah show weekly. He was a relationship and life strategy expert starting 1998. And then in 2002, he launched his own show with Oprah's help. And this was, a, you know, presumably hit like a meteor in the life of young Matt Brunig, uh, whose mom began watching the show uh, religiously. And so it was like theoretically aimed at helping people solve their problems. Like in the in the little entry uh, in her opening credits, he's like, I want you to get excited about your life. (laughs) It is a self-help show. um, But the mechanism through which they kind of present you with things that you can help yourself with is Mm -hmm. through kind of quasi psychological uh, like therapy sessions with people who have problems. Yeah. I guess in theory, if you wanted to like, pretend this was like sincere you would say well a lot of the people watching it have problems like that person or have uh maybe i don't know problems that are kind of in the same related area and they'll they'll get nuggets of wisdom right so like you know maybe you can't go to a therapist um but you can watch me do therapy and learn learn from it yeah that's 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 what i understand uh the point to be of course it turns out that uh, Dr. Philip uh, is not a big fan of traditional psychology or uh, the latest in, in uh, psychiatric medicine. Uh, Dr. Phil instead is a believer in tough love. Yeah, yeah. That's really how he sold. And they came mm-hmm. really hard on that at first. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, fix your life. <laughs> Do better. Quit fucking up. <laughs> like, you oh, addicted to drugs? Stop yeah. taking them. <laughs> Just stop doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh it, it's like uh he would use these like really reverse engineered like southernisms like they sound vaguely southern but it's, oh, yeah. it's hard to understand what the point is. Very Dan Rather and yeah. his uh, <laughs> Now I don't cliches. need to hear a rooster crow to know it's morning. You're like, okay, I guess, you know, I just, you could also just say, well, that's obvious to me. Yeah. Uh, but it was that kind of shit, uh, which I guess people just gobbled up. Uh, um, it was huge. I mean, it still is huge. He still shoots shows. I mean, here's the latest list of episodes here. I just Google. Yeah. Let me just Google his his latest uh, Dr. Phil episodes. <laughs> um, they have them listed uh, nicely on the uh Google interface, I believe, um, which I'm sure is some kind of antitrust violation. (laughs) (laughs) 
No, you don't have to go to his website if you can see it directly on the Google search results. Uh, you're really cutting down the uh, competition. Yeah. Well, what's um, the good doctor been up to lately? The season 19, episode 71. Mm-hmm. To give you a sense of how many he's done. Save my lazy grandson before I make him homeless. Oh. That's the latest one. Um, exclusive, 16 and charged with murder. Parents claim she is a victim. Mm-hmm. Neighborhood prankster or menace to society. Mm-hmm. My b- husband blames me for his drug use. Mm-hmm. Uh, held mm. hostage and her husband executed. A wife's story of survival. COVID debt and controlling husband. Should we divorce? So he's, he's at least topical. He's now dealing with uh, people who have COVID debt. That reminds me, actually, because one of the things I remembered, and we'll you know we'll go into the clips here in a second, but that are that's not in the clips is he gives uh, obviously a lot of people who have problems uh, that come to him, just like a lot of people who have problems in society generally, they yeah. just have economic problems. Um, but like that doesn't really work in a context of a personal therapeutic yes. environment. You can't just be like. Well, son, you, what you need to do is join a vanguard party, uh, <laughs> maybe go off into the hills, um, start shooting down from them. Um, like, you can't really, you know, give someone advice like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, um, and so, but that, so he's constantly being faced with people who are like, he's about to become homeless. I lost my job, I blah, blah, blah. And it's just pathetic, I guess, to sort of watch him deal with these people without any notion of the surrounding problems or anything like that so like COVID debt would be a good one but the one i always remember is like he would have you know very frequently ask people on who are unemployed right and you know they're struggling because they're they don't have any money right they're not receiving unemployment benefits or anything like that um and so he's like let me tell you this if you don't have a job your job is to get a job all right so i need you spending eight hours a day filing this and that and like this is like in the middle of the Great Recession mm-hmm. when there are like ten job seekers for every job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like this is not great advice. Like like ninety percent of people who follow this advice will not find a job right now because they do not exist. They're not hiring. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you know, it goes to show you, I guess, generally the problem with the individualized self help. <laughs> um, but and a lot of his a lot of his advice uh, just consists of telling people they have a problem, uh, which presumably they know or at least are willing to entertain uh, because they are uh, you know coming on the show. Um, uh, but uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's like entertaining this tough love stuff. Um, but uh, <laughs> You want me to play the clip? Yeah. Yeah, I, you I, can just say play the clip. Roll the say, tape. Hey, Matt, producer Matt, just play the clip. Roll tape, Matt all in right. the booth. Yeah, it's Let's, all right. Let, this is some of his tough love stuff that the that the the the. Wait, Zoomers. you want to do Shelley Duvall or you want to no, do? No, no, I just put a new clip in oh, there. Oh, you for give you. me a new clip. Okay. Uh, um, oh, it's in a Google Doc. Yeah, we, so I have we to do it on the fly here. <laughs> um, uh, the um, Zoomers, the Zoomers cut this together. Um, all right, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Here's a, a Zoomer meme about Dr. Phil. Yeah, but it's his statements. <laughs> oh, okay. That was Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Him as the Eminem man. Yeah. <laughs> Shh. 
shut the hell up, bitch. Go kill yourself. Go sit in the middle of the road and let a car run over you. You're ugly. You're disgusting. I'm going to kill you. You're an alcoholic. Dr. Phil, year number three death. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Well, it's very helpful, I'm sure, for people to hear you're an alcoholic. (laughs) That kind of shit is going to be very helpful. Well, some people don't know. Uh, but the the really horrible stuff is when he has people on who clearly have problems, right? They just don't have any means of solving them. And then his solution is, I'm going to exploit you uh, for laughs or at least for gawking to my audience. You know, back in the, the early days of insane asylums, I'm thinking uh, the 18th century, uh, people, especially aristocratic ladies, would go walk through insane asylums to gawk, just to like observe people being crazy. Well, it's a good way to raise money for the asylum. Um, you know, I to know. it's a different revenue stream. Not sure that there's a great also, excuse. Um, okay. Um, um, yeah, I mean, the long story short of yeah. this, which uh, obviously will be driven home uh, in the subsequent clips, is that. Uh, what masquerades as a high-minded therapy self-help right. show is, in fact, trash TV. Freak show. Yes. Yes. On and par with uh, the Steve Wilco show, Jerry yes. Springer. Absolutely. Um, that's all he's doing. It's on own, but that don't let you don't let it trick you into thinking it's like a therapeutic, yeah. it's friendly. It's toned. It's toned in a way yeah. that makes it appeal to the same kind of people who like to watch Oprah and true crime shows, but is yeah. uh, fundamentally, uh, you know, to the middle-aged woman, I guess, um, but is fundamentally, you know, Jerry Springer and the yeah, way that it's, it works. Yeah, it's fundamentally cruel, right? Um, so there was, uh, if any of you have seen The Shining, Shelley Duvall uh, was uh, Winnie in The Shining. She did a great job, really enjoyed her as an actress. Uh, and in her later life, like a lot of folks in Hollywood, she kind of washed out and she didn't have a lot of money and was really clearly suffering. And what did Dr. Phil do? Did he do a, an act of kindness, like try to help her out behind the scenes using his connections in Hollywood? Hell no. He brought her on the show and made fun of her. Go for it. Friday on an all-new Dr. Phil. The Shining's Shelley Duvall, from red carpet to near recluse. I loved Robin Williams. I don't think he's dead. Where do you think he is? Shape-shifting. Do you see him? Has, yes. A star's descent into mental illness. The man who's threatening me is the sheriff of Nottingham. I think there's a whirring disc inside me. I'm very sick. I need help. Well, that's why I'm here. Yeah. (laughs) That's Friday. (laughs) Great help. So when Dr. Phil says he helps people, he's usually referring to like bringing on a troubled teen or something and like tough loving them for a few minutes being like, you can't just fuck your boyfriend in geometry class. No, I love I love the teen ones because it's always just kind of like you got problems with your parents or you yeah. got problems with your school or you got problems, whatever. And he kind of like lights them up for a little bit. But then he also goes, actually, it's your fault, mom and dad. Yeah. You're, you're actually up to blame as well. And the kid kind of yeah. feels like, yeah, all right, he's in solidarity with me. It's not just another you know session in which they you know dump on me and then the and then at the very end he sends them off to some kind of uh uh you know like uh what do they call them like sort of like uh, correctional schools for for troubled teens you know like uh sort of like boarding schools out yeah. in like a, you know where you, you like work on a ranch and they teach you to like how to control your emotions or some shit mm-hmm. um like it's every time it's yeah. the exact same thing absolutely you know? 
And, you know, the only thing he does by way of help, aside from expose their struggles to the entire free world uh, and, and humiliate them on national TV is like pay for them to spend a week at like a troubled teen ranch in yeah, Wyoming. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly right. Yeah. It's and like, so, you know, we'll fund that and, you know, great. there you go. Maybe and we'll it's get like, some more tape you, out you of it. You didn't even do anything. You said, all right, um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you by getting you help. Mm-hmm. It's like, whoa, okay, why did it need to come on the show then? <laughs> like, why couldn't you just, when you got the email, yes. just send them a referral to this uh, fucking place? Yeah. And I mean, the added benefit is you pay for it, but then just, is the thing here is that they're too poor to go to this place? And like, the quid pro quo is come on TV, I'll humiliate you, and then I'll cover your cost? Yeah. Like, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's bizarre. And and sometimes really sad. So like this clip, uh, which is described uh, by the uploader as fat spoiled kid slaps his mom on Dr. Phil show. So this was in the it's Dr. Actually, Phil house. It's actually fat spoiled kid. <laughs> spoiled. I love yeah. YouTube. Yeah. Fucking scum of the earth. All right, go for it. Yeah, no. Uh, well, should we explain the Dr. The Phil, Dr. House? Phil house? The Dr. Phil house, It's yeah. sort of like... Uh, what is what was that MTV show Real Life? Was that what it was called? Something Real like that. The where Real they World just packed a bunch of weirdos into a The Real World, which was yeah, it was like a bunch of kind of young. It was like a very early uh, um, show about a you know reality type type yeah. TV show that was based on like the group house concept. And yeah, and you get a lot of kind of clashing personalities, mm-hmm. and there'd be a lot of drama and whatever. And you see this this sort of in its in its kind of I don't know peak form with Big Brother, yeah. right? Big Brother kind of functions like that. It's like the group home reality show mm-hmm. where there's lots of drama i guess kind of the bachelor and bachelorette does that yeah, as well kinda. this is what was that horrible one you were watching uh where oh, they they were only terrible. allowed to talk through a wall or something oh yeah i couldn't keep up with that one but it that was sucked. like it was meant to be kind of like a blind date group home type yeah. thing it was very involved um but this is just like that so yeah. he has these episodes called the dr phil house and he just loads it full of people who have all sorts of problems uh, you know it's like his own little sanitarium um <laughs> <laughs> but it's all loaded up with cameras which is just like you were saying uh, the rich old ladies going through the insane asylums except we're all them for watching yeah, the show um, absolutely but yeah so here's a clip uh, like you said fat spolid kid mm-hmm. slaps his mom on the dr phil show mm-hmm. I never when a teacher says something she's the boss of you and you shut up Give me a turn to speak! Fine, see? You do that to me! How does it feel? How does it feel to be told to shut up? Why is he wearing a polo? We've talked about it. Let me speak! How does that feel? They added a sound effect. Do not. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Put your hands on me. That's a really good point. I didn't even notice that. Do you understand me? No, I asked you a question. You know what? Shut up! Apparently that's the only word that gets your attention! How does that make you feel? I, of course, always knew that there was a, an incredible amount of rage and anger there, but the depths of it surprised me. And, of course, when he raised his hand and slapped me Dr. across the face, that absolutely surprised me. I did lightly slap her on the cheek to show her how that feels. So I hope that that made her think about what she does. You know what? You be nice to me. I'll be nice to you. But it'll never end if you continue to be mean. I try to apologize saying, you know what, Mom, I should not have said that, and I am sorry. And then you come back with, well, all I'm trying to do is treat you nicely. I'm just trying to be nice to you. That's mean. 
I just really, really need somewhere to stay other than with my mom. I really need somewhere else to stay. Yeah, so... There's a slow mo of the slap at the yeah. end. Oh, I guess there's him ending it. Yeah, here's Sorry. Phil's. Sign whoa, off. whoa, that is not even almost okay. Yeah, <laughs> that is so not the, even almost. Here was okay. the situation. If you actually listen to the lady talk about what was going on in her household, I remember this. It stuck in my mind. She had had two children, uh, and one of them was this little boy, and the other was a little girl, and the little girl had died of cancer, like a couple of years before tape Mm -hmm. and the mother's the marriage had since deteriorated Mm -hmm. so the mother was raising this boy all by herself and she acknowledged she was so consumed with grief and depression that she hadn't been uh, a great parent and she felt like the little boy it could sense on some level that she just like wasn't fully present for him and that she missed the little girl who at least in her mind, uh, you know, at that time, because, you know, when you look back on people who've passed away, you know, your perceptions can be what they may, but she felt the little girl had been sweet natured and easy to raise. And then this boy was a little bit maybe more belligerent. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the little boy could tell the mother was disappointed maybe um, uh, that he, you know, was the one who stuck around. Yeah. Well, so, you know, that's important. That's a very common fact pattern and common day-to-day life. In in, in a sense, it's sort of like, um, if you think about it, Mr. Rogers, you know, no. what are you going to do with all that mad or, you know, Ooh, what if you need to go get a shot? It's kind of like a day-to-day thing. No, a lot definitely of people not. experience that. And no, so, no. you know, by watching um, them set them up for this slap, which, as you noted, was uh, accompanied by, uh, it seems like, a sound effect. Yeah, it was um, definitely accompanied by a sound effect. That could help you with your own uh, trouble. I, I just child. I find that very doubtful. Um, well, you know, know, I mean, so people can disagree. Um, but uh, you know, obviously this family was in a a huge amount of pain, like really genuinely suffering with grief, with depression, uh, recent divorce and kids behavioral problems. This little boy was probably going through grief that hadn't really been addressed. Uh, you know, and then this rupture in their relationship and all Dr. Phil can come up with is that is not even close to okay. No. Thanks, Phil. Fuck you, man. Just what a piece of shit, you know, but ultimately, uh, one guest did read Dr. Phil. Yes. This, this is the, really the peak, the peak of the entire Dr. Phil episode series and probably the finest piece of art that I've ever seen. I've never seen a comeuppance like this on TV. The fact that Dr. Phil aired it is it, it speaks low of him it works on so many levels yeah. there's i mean this it, is it's better like than sh- any oscar winning movie yeah it's shit that so. would appear in a novel yeah it's it's it, remarkable yeah it stretches the form i mean we, we, we'll, we'll analyze it a little bit more but here it is a uh, dr phil had uh the creator of bum fights on his show which if mm-hmm. you're not familiar uh is you know he the guy would go around and make videos where he would like pay homeless people to fight each other or pay homeless people to do other kinds of humiliating things yes. and then he would sell them the the movies yeah. and whatever and easily so. a piece of shit yeah. oh this guy sucks the worst reprobate um, center so Dr. Phil's got him on, you know. Uh, yeah. He's going to give him a piece of his so, mind. So here we here, go. Here's uh, how that played out. 
there and give him our pocket change and say good luck. We put him to work. There was a homeless guy. We said, what would you do if we gave you some money? He said, I'd eat a raw frog. So we went to the Asian market, got a raw frog, and he ate it on the sidewalk. <laughs> we paid him 20 bucks. I've made multi-millions off the Bum Fights video series. I'm not surprised at my success. It's a sick world. Stop the tape. Stop the tape. Okay. I don't right. want to talk Here, to you. I want to pause. You have to understand, the Bum Fights man is dressed up identically to Dr. Phil. He has the exact same um, suit on. And he's a young man. He's probably in his 20s or 30s. He has shaved the top of his head. Or has a bald cap. Yeah. I think it's shaved from what I can tell. <laughs> but yeah, it could be either. But he has created male pattern baldness in his head. So he still has the side hair, which is equivalent to Phil. So uh, lest it be like, oh, well, they just happen to have the same suit on. No, no. I am dressed as Dr. Phil. This is my Halloween costume. Oh, I think he also um, has a fake mustache on. While I'm on Dr. Phil. Yeah. Um, so He's dressed up as Dr. Phil. So let, let's see. Uh, he's just sitting there in the chair. Yeah. Why not? That's despicable. I don't want to talk to you. You can go. Woo! Yeah. Tell him, doctor. If you think I exploit people, every time you bring a guest on this show, you exploit them and spread whatever the problems they have to the whole world. Damn. You think that's helping them? Yeah, keep telling yourself Damn. that. You can go. Mm. You know what? Who do you think you are, huh? Bye. Hey, come on. Huh? No, no, I'm not finished talking to you. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, you are. Dr. Phil's just being a badass. Come on. Yeah, you are. Sorry, but that I, I just watched that footage, and that is absolutely despicable, and I refuse to publicize that. I refuse to publicize that. Well, you did that, however. He clearly could not have a serious dialogue mm -hmm. about this ridiculous topic. I think what I saw on these screens is absolutely despicable. I think it's deplorable, and I think it is an insult to my intelligence and those of my viewers for somebody to stand up and say, I'm trying to help people by doing this. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Even his speech at the end in which he's like, I cannot believe this man would, would try to claim that he's yeah. trying to help people by doing the bum fights videos. Yeah. You know, oh, I'm helping employ them. I'm giving them money. Dude, you are exploiting the shit out of them so that you can make millions of dollars. Right. And it's like, that's his critique of bum fights. And the bum fights man is like, uh, look in a mirror, buddy. Yeah. Uh, we do this. We do the same show. We both do the same show. And Dr. Phil just... No sense of irony in it at all. Just repeats the cre critique that the guy made at the video and never, he, you know, he doesn't make any effort to be like, okay, this guy said that I do the same thing he does. Actually, it's totally different. Blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. He just repeats the critique and it's incredible. <laughs> and then he says, I'm not going to publicize this. Well, I mean, mm -hmm. to start for him to go like, stop the clip, stop the clip. Stop the clip. So they, he, as the clip is running, this is a prepackaged thing, right? Mm -hmm. They say, stop the clip. And then they run like a little static. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, oh, now back into the studio. As if he did not, he's never seen this clip. He doesn't know what the clip is at all. Mm -hmm. And so he's, oh my God, I'm taking it back from it. 
had no notion of what, I mean, what kind of research did he do? What was he sitting down to prepare to talk to this guy about? Knowing this is a guy, oh, who's my guest today? A guy who does something called bum fights? Oh, never mind. I'll just roll the clip and I'll figure it out when I'm on stage. He's like, hey, I'm a doctor. I just show up. The patient (laughs) comes in. I ask him what they're all about. Like he knew. He knew. Exactly what this was. Right. He decided this would be a great way to get viewers. I can run some promo ads about how this guy's coming on and we can run the little clips of all the ugly shit that this guy publishes of of homeless people fighting with one another Mm -hmm. we ran a clip of a homeless man eating a frog um right and and then i can say this is sick right i'm above it this is sick i would never publicize this Mm -hmm. but then realize it's not a live tv show so and this is where it reaches another level that no other (laughs) piece of film can ever really accomplish is it works on the meta level. Yeah. Because in once you can get your mind around Phil as someone who clicked the publish button on this, you go, wow, that's really deep. Because you actually did. Yes. You, you decided that you would publicize this, even though you said it should never be publicized. This Because you are, as the man said, literally doing the same thing. Absolutely. Making money not just off of other people, and their troubles, but literally making money off of bum fights. Yeah. that's You were like, this would be a great way to get some audience. You know, the bum fight stuff. You, you, It's incredible. And then the guy walking out at the end with like the security guards and he's like, go to bum fights, go to bum fights. And they keep that in as well. Yeah. Like he's I like mean, promoting his shit as he walks off. And the they great <laughs> thing is that Dr. Phil in his like, in his closing uh, valediction is like, uh, you know, it's deplorable that this man does what he does saying he's helping people. Right. Yeah, Phil, you too, though. <laughs> exact, <laughs> he just ran against you. Exact same thing. Exact same thing. And and so, I mean, Phil got to make the money off of uh, the, the bum fights, uh, lurid. Ooh, wonder what that about. Let's yep. find out about that. And then also from the tell-off, from the tell-off, um, he gets to also get to be the guy who's not that guy. Yeah, but uh, nevertheless, the bum fights guy in the end uh, saw, you know, game recognized game here. He's like, you do exactly what I do. He's a fucking moral philosopher, the That's bum amazing. fights guy. I mean, and of course, the, the clip right before he stops is he goes, am I surprised it's successful? No, we live in a sick society. Yeah. Now, I don't know what to make of this guy <laughs> who is obviously like quite bright on some level and sees the problem but then just does it like yeah then that's like a level of of sickness that is hard to understand you know like if it was just like some dumb guy who did this kind of stuff you're like okay whatever but like he's pretty with it no he's there yeah and he knows it's fucked up and and he's still doing it and but but yeah to then have him come on and just make I mean, in, in, in such a stylish way. Yeah. He could have just gone in and, and said, okay, I'm going to have this fight with Dr. Phil, but he makes it visible. Yeah. And then they put it, I mean, it's just. He's the greatest showman on earth. I love it. Uh, I love it. Um, you know. A and little, like the, the veil was lifted briefly on yeah. Dr. Fieldum, and then they clamped it back yeah. down, and then he was like, all right, uh, let's have, uh, we have uh, today 400-pound teens who yeah, exactly. uh, uh, do uh, promiscuous sex. Bring them on. He did, he did a bunch of, um, Dr. Phil did a bunch of trans stuff 
as well. And in the beginning when he was doing trans stuff, it was obviously like lurid freak show. Um, So like one of the earliest ones I remember seeing was like a former police officer, I think, and she had transitioned. uh, And then, you know, her family didn't really want anything to do with her. Um, and they were really mad at her and so forth. You used to be our dad. And, and she was like kind of combative with them, like, oh, fuck off, you know. But and Phil was on their side. He's like, you've abandoned your family, etc. And then as the tides started changing on all of that, he started being like, hey, if you got a problem with trans rights, you can kiss my ass. He said that, I believe, on the Colbert Report. Damn. Um, and that's how he continues doing his, my cameras followed a trans teen for a whole day. Um, but it's just the most exploited. Oh yeah. No, the people who are watching and are not watching it for a civil rights. Uh, yes. Type, uh, no, to uh, say the uh, least, <laughs> this is entertainment and, and wow, that's strange, you know, from the, from middle American middle-aged moms. But yeah, not, there's not a more deplorable character, I, I don't think, in uh, in media. At least Jerry Springer knows what he is, and yeah. uh, well, Maury, too. With, yeah, Maury, I mean, Maury used to do that, the trans stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. That was like one of his shows every week was, yeah. would be like, can you guess whether this person is yes. a, a biological male or female? Um, and, you know, they would throw in, you know. Or the the classic, um, my man cheated on me with a trans woman. That was a was a classic oh, Mari setup. That's I literally saw a Jerry Springer episode on that like a few weeks ago. Yeah, um, and so this is all like you know they they take just like the bum fights guy the ugliest impulses in society to hate people to revile them to exploit them, uh, and then they make a TV show out of it. And only Doctor Phil has the absolute nads to act like he's doing it as a medical professional who is uh, functioning in a therapeutic role. Gosh, genius. He like really pulled it off in the, in the, cause all the other ones are, um, you know, marginalized in, in society in some sense. Right. Yeah. Their entertainment industry like doesn't, you know, Jerry Springer kind of pulled it off a little bit cause they did that musical and stuff. But like, Dr. Phil really pulled it off. Yes. Like, I can do trash TV without anyone thinking I'm doing trash TV and without anyone treating me like I'm doing trash TV. And fuck, he did. He did. He's done it now for 20 years. Um, and every episode, he makes his wife walk out uh, of the studio with him. So... Oh God, Robin, man, she's the real MVP. <laughs> That's the low key. I want to see an uh, an an, an uh, you know documentary on on Robin and also a uh, fail son Jay McGraw because <laughs> Doctor Phil has had two thousand one hundred and one episodes. The episodes run an hour long, and at the end of each one of them, his wife is in the audience. He walks in, grabs her hand, and they walk out which suggests that she has had to sit through 2,101 episodes, also 2,101 hours of the show. I mean, in terms of years, right? If he's doing an episode a day, um, or, or you know, you, you assume he's not shooting multiple ones like at the same time, that is equivalent to spending 5.7 years worth of days in the Dr. Phil audience, just so that he can come out and grab your hand as he walks, which is part, again, of it, of avoiding the trash TV um, pitfall, right? No, my wife is here, and we grab our hands, and it's a nice family show. She's had to sit through 5.7 years' worth of, of, of those uh, days. Like, that's just... Fine. 
God. Could you imagine having to do that? It's honestly a level of commitment you have to respect. I don't know if I could do that. And you were saying his son, right? Because his son, yeah. uh, I guess we, should, we could close it out with uh, a, a, a last little factoid, which is unfortunately not, uh, did not get to become Dr. Phil Lore because it was, yeah. it was turned down. Right? Yeah. But he, he proposed a second show. He was going to expand his empire to a second show. With his son, his failed son, Jay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this show was going to be called Moochers. Mm-hmm. And the idea was uh, Phil and Jay... Uh, would, you know, encounter people who were dealing with moochers in their lives. So be they family members, friends, whoever, people who were living with them, people who were mooching off of them. And then Phil and Jay would bring the moocher on a show, you know, to talk to them about their problems and and try to give them some tough love. And while the moocher was on the show, they would uh, go to the moocher's room in the person's house and totally renovate it and evict them. So like put all their shit on the lawn and change the room such that the person could not come back to it and live as they had been living. In the in the official description of the show, this is described as disincentivizing return. Oh, that's clever. So it's also a home It's like a home remodeling. Show. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's really clever. Yeah, and um, then uh, they would also counsel the moochie on how they became enablers. Yeah, right? yeah. So tough love for everybody. Yeah, no. Yeah. He has had episodes of Dr. Phil like this. Yeah, and um, obviously they did well because they pitched a whole show. Yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, Unfortunately, it wasn't produced. It was never picked up. He'll bring them on and have them sit in this little Dr. Phil chair. And while they're there, he'll be like, we have a live satellite link to the house. Yeah. And then they just show like a moving company they hired dumping all their shit out of the house. Mm -hmm. And just like this guy has to sit there and watch, you know, and he's nothing he can do because he's, you know, I don't know, thousands of miles away or whatever it might be. Um, And it's just like, yeah, get that close shot of his face as he's made homeless. <laughs> Great one, Phil. I do think in those shows they did kind of like finish it out and say like, "Oh, we didn't really make him homeless. We like got him an apartment and we put like three months of rent down on it." And so, but you know, hopefully you can figure it out from there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like I hope so <laughs> too. Yeah, I mean, but again, just the the sheer indifference to the people who are on the program, the disinterest in actually helping them get to the root of the problems in their life, which more often than not are obviously material including if you had access to uh, efficacious and qualified therapists, you would not be coming on the Dr. Phil show. Uh, But the hell with all that, uh, says Dr. Phil. We're going to give you some home fried wisdom and uh, evict you from your dwelling. So there you have it. Dr. Phil, number one. Um, I did want to say one last thing about the Alaria thing. Can I do that? Is <laughs> yeah, that out yeah. of order? No, is that, let's, did let's, the, did yeah. the audience punish me for that? No, we'll see. In the, we'll see if the scripts <laughs> drop. The, the funniest clip, which seemed like a bit, and I, 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 I meant to bring this up later or earlier, but I forgot, was the one where she's cooking. Uh-huh. And it reminded me of another one, which she gets away with it, right? is Hilaria's on the Today Show and she's cooking some Spanish cuisine or something and she gets to uh, the cucumber and she goes, 
uh, make sure to uh, mix in uh, uh, how you say cucumber. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> she's yeah. Uh, she's acting like she doesn't know how to say cucumber, and then asks yeah. instead of like how do you say, and then gives a Spanish word for cucumber. She just goes, "How do you say uh, a cucumber?" Yeah. She um, asks the Spanish-speaking co-host who's with her, <laughs> like how 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 in English uh, yeah, you, yeah. do you say? Almost uh, say cucumber. <laughs> it's um, like. Uh, it weirdly reminded me of uh, one time Matt was carrying Claire in the door and Claire doesn't talk. We She just like doesn't want to, I guess. But I, I said, you know, hi, Claire. And she goes, Akua. Akua. But it was not said in like a baby tone or anything. It was just like a very flat, very robust tone. Just Akua. The, um, <laughs> the thing it remind me of because people have given... You know, this other personality uh, seems like a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of uh, leeway on this is uh, that Italian lady. What's her name? Gianna? Uh, Giada De Laurentiis. Giada De Laurentiis. She's yeah. not actually Italian, right? She's like probably what, like third generation American? Oh, she's least. Dino De Laurentiis' granddaughter. Right? Yeah, so whoever the hell that is. <laughs> okay. Um, and, uh, but she does her cooking show, uh, right? And she sort of does the reverse. Yeah. So, whereas in the case of uh, Hilaria, she, uh, you know, speaks with her, her, her fake Spanish accent and then, uh, you know, goes cucumbers. Yeah, pretends um, not to know English words she then says perfectly. Giada yeah. goes the opposite. And she yeah. goes like, all right, uh, uh, folks, um, let's uh, get uh, this pot going. Um, we're going to get it to a rolling boil. Um, make sure that uh, you put some salt in it. Uh, we always want to salt our uh, pasta. And uh, once it is uh, up to the right temperature, just uh, go ahead and uh, dump in the um, freshly rolled spaghetti. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Uh, she's so she's like faking. She's doing the same. She's... She's playing the same game. And it's very spotty also. She'll be like, we're going to be making some homemade a pizza. <laughs> a pizza. But That's then true. I learned about a pizza recently. Other words that are uh, maybe Italian in origin, but that have migrated into English over time. She doesn't single out. Um, oh. And it, it's it's very strange. So you'll get like a parmesan, uh, which is... They both get that spice. They kind of make themselves a little bit more special as white people, you know, a little yeah. bit more. I'm a, kind of an ethnic spicy white. And, uh, you know, that's important for the brand. But so hats off to them. <laughs> I'm going to start doing that. I need to figure out. I need to do my 23andMe first, though. Yeah. Well, one time I got Matt a 23andMe kit for Christmas and he refused to spit in the vial because he said uh, they turn that shit over to the FBI and give you results out of a hat. And then he said... I don't want to help the feds or anyone else catch Brunigs who are committing crimes. This turned out to be true. Yeah, you were right like about years it. Years later, you started getting stories in which they're like, oh, we were able to match old databases mm -hmm. with uh, 23andMe and we could find that, you know, maybe the, the person themselves didn't get in, but their siblings did. Mm -hmm. And so we could get the partial match and then move from there. That shit literally started happening. And you were like, I'm not going to help them catch family members of mine who are doing crime. <laughs> I don't know if I was that, but but I, I was skeptical. Of, and of uh, it, so, at the time, Jane was a baby. And so I filled the vial with her drool and uh, sent it off. But then they told me there's actually not enough DNA in baby drool. Mm -hmm. It's just water. It's just water. So, so fuck. 
All right, guys. Well, happy new year. Happy, um, happy new year. Let's, sorry, big DMYE. No big DMYE yeah, no this big, year. No, um, hopefully no big but, D um, or big DMYE. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hopefully, but, maybe, hopefully. You know. <laughs> This guy, oh, God almighty. All right, well, uh, let's hope for a happier 2021 than we had in 2020. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.